Welcome to Who Analyzed Roger Rabbit, where we dissect who framed Roger Rabbit with special guests Adam and Adam and Rachel. You heard that right. This is Who Analyzed Roger Rabbit, the podcast where we do, in fact, dissect the movie Who Framed Roger Rabbit one minute at a time. I am, as always, Chris Blair. Annie cannot be here today, but never fear. We have two wonderful guests from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Minute podcast. We have Adam and Rachel. Hello. Hey, great to have you back on. Yeah, thanks for having us again. My pleasure. Have you explored any other uh, Roger Rabbit properties? Wasn't there a short? There was, was a short. There was a short in front of um, "Honey, I Shrunk the Kids." Yeah, mm-hmm. I remember. And, and I believe Dick Tracy too also had. Oh, a short. Really? that was another movie I saw way too young. Yeah, that wasn't for kids. That was marketed aggressively. Yeah, to yeah. boobs in it. Yeah, yeah. It's. <laughs> I think just what what like kids what we thought kids could watch and that would be okay but it's very different perception between now and then. Well, Adam, what did you see? Terminator Two when you were like six? Yeah, I talked my way into the theater. Of Terminator Two. <laughs> <laughs> I love that the uh, the person at the movie theater was like, "Okay, well, this, well, this six year old talked me into it." I was with my dad, and we were just like. It was one of those things where, you know, you're looking at the at the posters on your way in, trying to decide what you want to go see. And I was like, that looks good. My dad's like, that's Terminator 2. I was like, yeah, let's go see that. He's like, are you allowed to see movies like this? I'm like, you're in charge. <laughs> you're asking me? I was like, of course I am. Yeah. And then, you know, next thing you know, I'm traumatized forever. Yeah, that is a, uh, that's a very powerful movie. Pretty sure I saw Candyman when I was way too young. Oh, yeah, that's also something a kid probably should not be seeing. Yeah. Yeah. It was one of those like sleepover movies, like, oh, we're not allowed to watch this. I don't think we even finished it. Like we got maybe 40 minutes in. And Candyman is kind of cerebral for for young kids. Like yeah. it's not even really like a jump scare kind of Yeah. But um as far as far as uh Roger Rabbit goes, I I remember playing the NES game. Oh nice. Yeah. And I remember it being just a joyless experience. <laughs> Most of those uh, IPs were. Yeah. Like the Home Alone game was real bad too. Right. And I feel Roger Rabbit could have been a good game, but it did not happen. And and Dick, speaking of Dick Tracy, Dick Tracy was another one of like on the same level where they just got too, they tried to do too many things with the property. Like they tried to make a game that no one ever made before Mm -hmm. instead of just like, just do a side scroller, Mm -hmm. Roger Rabbit, you got a, jump over some weasels uh, whatever you don't you, they got too into like what if we did it this way and it's just like it'd be unplayable just yeah. absolute unplayable nonsense you had to call a phone number at one point in the oh, Tracy yeah. game? no in in uh who framed roger rabbit you yeah had to literally pick up your phone and call a, a 1-800 number yeah what? to get a hold of jessica i believe yeah does it still exist like is it still active no, I, there's no way it still exists so that it, game's unplayable then i mean it already less. was but yeah. even more so that's funny well listeners if you have the number uh <laughs> to jessica can you give it a call and let us know what's on the other end <laughs> we have made it to minute 29 this week 
Minute 29 begins with Santino saying, if you needed money so bad, why didn't you come to me? And ends with him telling the guard, he's with me. It is interesting that when Santino criticizes Eddie a bit for the job that he took, that Eddie assumes the judgment is because of the dirty pictures and Mm. not because he's working with cartoons. Um, Also, if Eddie didn't drink enough last night, he pours what's left of some (laughs) bottle into his coffee cup. Yeah, uh, he's apparently not drunk enough, or maybe hung over already. Hair of the dog. He's, I guess. he's got a smell terrible. Like someone who drinks that much probably smells like booze all the time. Yeah, it doesn't look like he has a shower on the premises either. No, so he like it's later in the movie. I think he's like taking a bath in the sink. Oh, yeah. And we learn that he never changes his clothes throughout the movie, because um, the which becomes a major plot point later on in solving this whole uh, mm-hmm. this whole mystery. Yeah, that guy must smell like a restroom. <laughs> <laughs> it's not commented enough what Eddie smells like in this. <laughs> mm. I know people do remark a few times that he does smell like alcohol, which is just maybe masking how terrible he smells otherwise. Right. Yeah. We get the huge reveal here that it is at least in the eyes of uh, the eyes of the authorities, Roger Rabbit has cacked Marvin Acme. I don't think I've heard the word cacked before. I have not either. I had to look <laughs> cack up. And we, according to the dictionary, cack means to defecate. Oh, like it could be a phrase for murder or like a euphemism for murder or like he got whacked. Maybe he was supposed to be whacked. I thought it was capped. Capped? Maybe. Oh, okay. Capped would make way more sense. But I think he says cacked. C-A-C-K. That's what it sounds like. Well, that's weird. It does sound like a way like Sonny Corleone would uh, describe yeah. killing someone. <laughs> <laughs> Very old time sleeping gangster. with the fishes. <laughs> Interesting turn of phrase, but that look from Eddie and his genuine surprise on this is really great. Yeah. It's kind of like we were talking in the last minute, like Goofy being accused of spying. Like Roger being accused of murder is a little mm. strange. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think Roger's physically capable of murder. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's not in his programming. Yeah, he, yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. like, it's like he's got the Asimovian rules. Like, he can't harm a person even yeah. if he tried to. Despite <laughs> how, like, ridiculous he is, he does, he is kind of a sweet, he has a sweet nature about him, you know, I guess. Yeah, he's, guess. he's yeah, pretty level. I mean, he does manhandle Eddie a little bit. but Yeah. <laughs> Do you think tunes come with these type of rules? Like you can't destroy yourself as a tune unless it's under the orders of a human. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I think Asimov's rules apply to tunes. I, 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 I'm kind of seeing them as as automatons in and of themselves mm-hmm. in a weird way. I mean, they, they are artificial intelligence because they were created. Yeah there's, yeah, there's too many questions. There, it, about... There's so many ethical questions in this movie that I didn't really ever think about until now. Right. There's so much this movie could get into. Um, <laughs> maybe, maybe in the sequels. Is wasn't there a planned sequel? Several times, yeah. There was yeah. planned sequels, and none of them, uh, none of them made it. Hmm. I think a big roadblock was the fact that they'd have to somehow get all this IP again without mm-hmm. it being a little bit of a downgrade from the original one. Well, if they can make Ready Player One. 
they and can make, make another and th- that was spielberg Rabbit. too he's, he's got the magic to get ips and and we've got that that new trailer for um the new rescue rangers movie that's pretty much the same idea does that one have a lot of cross of ip in it too i think so i mean roger rabbit's in it at one point yeah but it's like kind of the same the same well, roger is like a disney property so like if it's rescue rangers that's disney right okay it's a little bit a little bit of a complicated issue which is why mm-hmm. you don't see him too much mm-hmm. uh in in different like things like how you see mickey that's always sad to me like when when a character especially like a beloved character is is tied up in in some uh, uh copyright quagmire and like you, you don't ever get to see him you know i hate mm-hmm. that yeah it's always a bummer there could have been a roger rabbit series like on the disney afternoon block well, we just pitched one in the last episode. i know <laughs> i know but like there could have been one where he was just, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. we could have had more shorts too the yeah. shorts were fantastic yeah yeah they could have done um I'm, no, there were two. I, I remember two distinct shorts. There was one where they were camping, I think, mm-hmm. and one where Jessica was a nurse. Yeah, yeah. There's one in the hospital, and there's okay. also one where they're at an amusement park too. Mm. But yeah, well, never too late to make more. Uh, I mean, they're making another Rescue Rangers, so <laughs> <laughs> always time to renew IP. Let's say from like a. Uh, Screenwriting perspective, we're now officially in the second act of the movie. We finally mm-hmm. made it. We now know Roger is wanted for murder. And the movie is now flipped on its head. It's interesting that Roger was right there in the mm-hmm. place where Acme was murdered. I would say if they didn't call the movie what it was, they would almost be trying to lead us into thinking maybe Roger did it. <laughs> if yeah, if the title of the movie wasn't basically Roger is innocent. I like this this moment we get where where Eddie looks over the wall at Toontown and it, there's just all manner of just madness happening. Yeah. It's like how do you how do you see something like that and and not have your brain just dissolve? Like yeah. also, what part of downtown LA is Toontown supposed to inhabit? That's another really oh, yeah it's Burbank, I guess. <laughs> yeah, they yeah, because that's where most of the animation studios are. Mm-hmm. Or Buena Vista. <laughs> yeah. How are people not going to visit Toontown all the time? Right? And do you need a passport to get in? Like yeah. Is it kind of one of those places where you leave, but you can't always come back? <laughs> Seems like a really bad place to take LSD. Right? Oh, no. Oh, like, that or, would be a bad trip. Mm. Or it would be great. Yeah, it might be the best place to take psychedelics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this 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 whole part where he's looking out at it, it is, it is kind of a, an amazing thing. Like, I almost feel like Eddie has a sense of reverence for Toontown as he, like, he has to pause and really look at it before he can go into this warehouse. Okay, so I, I have a, a quandary. Mm-hmm. It's established that tombs can live in the human world. They live and work in the human world. Right. Can humans live in Toontown? Yeah, he goes into Toontown. He goes in into movie. Toontown, but he doesn't... Oh, but can you like? Can live, you live there? there? Can you get an apartment in Toontown? Oh, God. Uh, that would be <laughs> that would be a lot. Talk like, about just permanent brain damage. Yeah. Just like... <laughs> having to <laughs> because then if you go back out into the real world that's like would you even be able to function in the real world after living in toontown yeah i, f- I feel like i feel like you'd have to reacclimate to the world like astronauts do and get back <laughs> into gravity 
Yeah. This, this would be a great episode of the series, too. Just <laughs> <laughs> He's been in Toon Town too long. <laughs> or would you start to turn into a cartoon if you were maybe. in there too long? Maybe. Oh, well, maybe this is a new leading theory of how someone becomes a toon. They weren't born this way. They just are in Toon Town for too long. Yeah. Yeah, they get cool worlded. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like Yosemite Sam was an old prospector who wandered into Toontown and then he became this. <laughs> yeah, he went there to to try to he went there for the gold rush yeah. and then got trapped and then <laughs> Oh, I like that theory. That yeah. tunes are just humans that got trapped in Toontown. Oh god. But what... the the thing with Yosemite Sam bouncing it like flying over the wall and then with his butt on fire yeah. and bouncing around it, it's interesting to me the things that they choose to make practical and the things they choose to make animated mm. because in this sequence there's both animated smoke and practical smoke that that is an interesting choice and it, maybe that's just the physics of uh, a tune burning in the real world he's both <laughs> <laughs> he's both burning uh burning himself but maybe that smoke is turning into real smoke well it turns into real smoke when he puts his butt in the puddle yeah. so i guess mm. it's animated fire that's causing real water to turn into steam there's a lot of thought i guess that's going into the physics of tunes in this have you ever referred to your uh behind before as your biscuits well, from now on <laughs> <laughs> my biscuits are burning no yeah. <laughs> No. This is a very uh, Yosemite Sam sort of euphemism. <laughs> um, I was like the Yosemite Sam swearing, the raggin' fraggin' razzle frazzle. Yeah. Yeah, it's... One thing we, we do see later in this movie is we learn that Eddie and Yosemite Sam are kind of tight. Like, he, he gifted a gun to Eddie. Uh, so I don't know why there's none of that recognition here in mm. this scene between the two. Yeah, good point. I mean, I guess Yosemite Sam is on fire, but you would think, how come Eddie and, and Santino are doing nothing about the fact that someone is on fire in front of them, too? They're because very... they know, they probably know it's a tune and that he'll be okay. It is cartoon fire, so. Yeah. Mm, okay, so if it was real fire, maybe. Yeah, then, then maybe they'd panic. <laughs> God, it's so confusing. Yeah. Like it's, it's not until you really start to, until you really try to think about it. So you get this, this granular about it. Yeah, probably when they made Who Fate Roger Rabbit, they didn't know people were going to be making a podcast about this minute by right. minute. But we fooled them wrong. This is a uh, fun movie for this format. Yeah, there's so much of that. There, There is so much. When I saw the trailer to this, this was a scene within the trailer. And I was convinced from seeing this that Yosemite Sam was going to be the one who framed Roger Rabbit. Oh, I think just because he was the the main bad guy that was featured in that, that I he does he does have an issue with rabbits. Mm-hmm. He uh, do, yeah, 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 that's a great point. So the background is there for him wanting to mm-hmm. do this. There is a motive. <laughs> <laughs> this will actually lead us into our everyone's favorite segment of the show. Of course, I'm talking about hypothetical Thursday. Hypothetical Thursday is when I pose a question and on the Facebook group, you can answer that question. Would love to hear your answers. This week, the question I'm posing is, if you remember the first time you saw this movie, 
Did you correctly predict who did frame Roger Rabbit? And if not, who did you think did it? I don't remember our first time seeing this yeah, movie. Neither and do I. I definitely didn't really get the whole plot of it until probably the 10th or 15th time I saw <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, it was kind of one of those things yeah. that was just on. It was but- on, and the parts where there weren't cartoons on the screen were boring. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I only understood what was happening because my mom had explained when I saw the trailer, like, mm-hmm. oh, framed means somebody is making it look like he did something bad. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, okay. I kind of... But, like, knowing how this movie ends, no spoilers, but, like, it makes sense who actually committed it. Mm-hmm. Like, that's still, like, a twist. The motive is still real. Yeah, the motive, the is... motive is funny. The, yeah. The yeah. And there, there is an extra layer of, uh, of motive in here, too, uh, from my favorite fan theory of Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Uh, in Marvin Acme's office, there's a poster for another Marvin Acme character named Pistol Packing Possum, uh, <laughs> who is just essentially uh, a, a possum with, with a pistol and wearing a hat. But uh-huh. the hat he's wearing is identical to the one Doom's wearing, and the pistol is identical to the one that shoots R.K. Maroon. Oh, man. Huh. Mm-hmm. So we never see the cartoon that is behind the killer's mask, but there's some implication it could be this pistol pack and possum. That's awesome. I, I'm a fan of this theory. Um, I don't know if this was something, probably nothing that crossed anyone's mind when they were making it, but it's just probably too not. perfect. <laughs> yeah, that's got to be. The, 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 I, I, I'm willing to say that's not a fan theory. That's got to be. You think this is a. Like uh, they, that's an Easter egg. They hid that in there. Mm-hmm. Mm. This is a, a Bobby Zemeckis thing all the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening to this, uh, I assume you're listening to this unless someone is uh, telling you about this. <laughs> <laughs> someone wrote a transcript down. Yeah. So if you're reading this right now and you want to write <laughs> us in, let us know who you thought framed Roger Rabbit. And that has been Hypothetical Thursday. Hypothetical Thursday, join it on the fun. We do have them enter the warehouse at the end of the minute. We don't get to really see much of the warehouse until the next minute. Yeah, it's it's a bit of a it's a bit of a tease as to the awesomeness of the Acme warehouse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really good point to cut. So a little, little cliffhanger and what we're going to see inside. Lieutenant Santino kind of seems like a big deal. He just, he goes in. Uh, all he has to do is say he's with me to the guard there and um, Eddie's fine to go in. Mm. Yeah, I guess Santino's kind of a hotshot, big time detective. Mm-hmm. I like there's, this, there's a time clock in the wall and there's a sign next to it that says, punch your own time clock only so like <laughs> like acme's yeah. a, a, a fun guy but like he's he seems like a bit of a penny pincher mm. yeah don't try to cheat acme he kind of seems like he could be like the walt disney type where he's just really strong capitalist very anti-union perhaps yeah. maybe he's the one bringing goofy up on spy charges who knows <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> it kind of makes me wonder did did he hire tunes exclusively to work in his shop? Probably not, because they would just play with all the stuff, right? Yeah. 
I, I would I would imagine like tunes would not be the best workers. Um, yeah, there's like a, an underlying theme of racism in this movie because all the tunes mm. we've seen with jobs are doing like menial jobs, like mm. waiters, or yeah, bouncers. Yeah, and none of them are like the mayor or you know entertainer. Yeah, yeah, inside of a club that they're not allowed to go inside. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They're. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of social commentary in this movie. A, a lot of it is really subtle, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, it is definitely there. Any last thoughts about this particular minute? No. Nope. Okay. Uh, great. So that's all we have for today. Thank you for listening. We are a dueling genre podcast. You could check out tons of movies by minutes podcast uh by going to duelinggenre.com click on the link to support and adam and rachel where can we find you well we live on dueling genre network also uh tmnt minute is wrapped up but you can listen to all three seasons they're out there for you um you can listen to our um special series called uh up from below we are currently working on a new one called Screenplay, which is very similar to that. Well, we're we're going to be playing um, <laughs> different uh, tabletop role-playing game versions of pop culture franchises. There, yes. So with Up From Below, we did the Palladium TMNT tabletop game with Screenplay the first season. We're doing the East End Ghostbusters game. So lots of fun stuff coming out there. Yeah. And Adam, you do a comic book podcast, don't you? I do. I do a weekly Wednesday comics podcast where we talk about the previous week's comic books. So if you're a weekly comic book reader, that's something for you. Thank you so much for listening. And we will see you on Friday for Minute 30 of Who Analyzed Roger Rabbit. Bye. Bye.